We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. It may be the nighttime, but the sports talk doesn't stop. Sports talk radio that's live, local, and not for the faint of heart. Oh, you didn't know? Sometimes angry. Loud noises! Telling it like it is. You insulted him a little bit. You got a little out of order yourself. And pretty much always right. Don't ever argue with the big dog. Big dog is always right. Text or call 404-741-0929 and be part of the show. Well, we're waiting. Live from the Kia Studios, it's time for the John Chuckery Show. Serving you up sports on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. And welcome into Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Yes, it is time for the John Chuckery Show. Hanging out with you in the Kia Studios on this Tuesday evening. I am not alone, though. No, no, no. I am not alone. One of my absolute favorites hanging out with me again, the great Vince Cellini, is joining me here this evening. You got your golf pullover. I mean, you look all official tonight, Vince. I mean, you well, look, I'm just you look, for you, cor- John. You, you look that. the corporate part. You well, look like the corporate muckety-muck part. Oh, thank you. It's great to be with you again. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, man. This I asked is, you, uh, was your back sore carrying me the last uh, time I was hey, here? Hey, listen, uh, trust me. You're going to get to the point where you're going to be carrying me. You know, I'm old. Like, I'm old and broken down. You're you're young, youthful, in shape, healthy over there. I'm everything that can, you're not you, right can now. Can you see me right now? Are you oh, really yeah. taking a good look at me? Yeah, listen, oh, okay. I, I can see both of you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we are here for the full four, asking to download the Odyssey app. You're not in the car as much, but you want to listen in. Put the Odyssey app on one of your devices today. You can take the smartphone. You can put it on your Alexa speakers. Put it on your tablet. You can put it on your Walkman, your turntable, your Sega Genesis, whatever your device is. Just download it on something to be able to catch us when you're on at the go. Social media, find us at 929 The Game on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You can follow us on our personal Twitter pages. He is at Vince underscore Cellini. I am at JMCH316, and no Dylon tonight, so we don't get the whole intro to everything. We've got another one of our dopey millennials that's in producing the show, Garrett. Now, Garrett... Well, he, he actual he one half no, of the dopey I, I millennials. Met, I met Garrett. He doesn't seem so dopey. So, well, he seems like well, we are the dopey millennials. Right. Sharp I am man. one half of the dopey so, millennials. So, let me, let me put it like this. <laughs> All right, okay? gonna, another quick test? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I, had, I, had to, I asked him tonight. I said, are you familiar with what breakfast cereal is? <laughs> And and he was he like, thinks yeah, so yeah, kindly yeah. of me because I it's it's to the point where I have to ask questions like that of these guys because I don't know what I don't know what they don't know, and so <laughs> I assume I can talk to you and say, hey, 
you know, this or that. Or, and you sure. understand. Absolutely. These guys look at me like I'm from Pluto. Like they look at me like I'm a three-headed alien if I say, if I bring up a musical act or a movie. We did a thing with Dylon last week. Favorite movies. So I do a top 10 at 920. We kind of have some fun, go off sports. Top 10 movies that were adapted from books. Okay. And he's like trying to go through it. I'm like, you know, Godfather was from a book, right? You know, Goodfellas is from a book, Jaws, right? Jaws is from a book. He didn't know Jaws from Peter Benchley, right? You know, he, and then he goes, and then he had The Exorcist. I'm like, wait a second. What do you know about The Exorcist? You, the Exorcist was 20 years before you were born. Do you know The Exorcist? Oh, I, so I had a babysitter. The, the original The original Exorcist. Exorcist. Okay. My, I had a babysitter show me that when I was seven years old. Oh, well, well, that's responsible. I, yeah, I mean, she got she got promptly really? fired. I, I will <laughs> so tell you, it was that was a, brutal. As a Ute, what? the two movies, Vince, that scared me the most as a Ute, The Exorcist and Suspiria. That was the two movies that that freaked me out when I was a kid. I had nightmares about Suspiria. Well, there was always see when movies came out. Then there was a lot of talk about the movies before right. they came out. And this is going to be this. You saw previews for a while. And that's why Exorcist had a really big buildup yes. beforehand. And then people would see it, and then there's word of mouth. Yep. And it's almost like you can't really get clips anywhere. So everything you hear runs through your imagination before you get there. So you're even more horrified before you even sit down for the movie. You're all set to be scared. And, and back then, movies didn't just live or die on opening weekend. You know, now a movie, like you saw this Black Panther, Wakanda, mm-hmm. 300 million opening weekend, 180 million domestically. Movies live and die by their opening weekend now. wasn't like that before. Like, movies would get word of mouth and build and things like that. Like, it wasn't a concern if a movie didn't come out and win the box office opening week. Now, if you don't win the box office, it's a flop. Like, you're not going to make the money back. You know, it's kind of a shame that we don't see more movies in a theater, too, because I I think the impact of a movie is always better in a theater, always has been. Now, you know, in in the time of Netflix and streaming and all this other stuff, and watching on your phone, you're never going to get the same experience that we did, right? Particularly with surround sound, all this other stuff. You know that we went to a theater that was a big deal. I, I joke. Did about you have like? A, do you remember like going to a theater and there was like a kid there tearing the tickets in a jacket? Yeah, and velvet I, ropes and stuff like that. Vince, the first, uh, my grandma took me to see three times Star Wars at Millette Mall. I mean, in in Canton. I mean, that's again. I, I'm. Uh, that's what we had. That was our big thing. And and you know what? We also had drive-ins. I mean, drive-ins were more oh, yeah. prominent. Oh, we I mean, now the they're kind of novelty. There's like one or two around Atlanta. But drive-ins were pretty regular when oh, I was growing up. We had the Euclid drive-in. That yes. was a, that was a destination for me. Yes. Dates. Yes. That was a big deal. Absolutely, because you could drive your car there. You could put the little speaker on, and you could pretend to watch the movie in the back seat. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, you so say I hear. It. I mean, we, you know, right. just. You're, yeah, listen, well, mostly necking. Listen, you know, that, well, yeah, I mean, that was the old days. I mean, listen, we, we got away with all kinds of stuff back then. We, we didn't, listen, again, we didn't know what we didn't know back then, right? <laughs> <laughs> but if you were going to go to a drive, take a girl to a drive in, that was a pretty big deal. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so, you know, again, the, to your point, the other part of it is if it's not, I mean, they just don't make movies, like story movies anymore. I, I, we, Randy McMichael and I joked about, we, we used to be, we used to call it, we were, we were known as the Riggs and Murtaugh of radio, right? <laughs> like you can't get. Are you having? Are you having yeah, a microphone? I'm having, issue? I'm having a serious. So the two screws right on the side. The, yeah, the screws on the side. Nope, on the right other. There. Nope, not there. On the other. On the side, right there. There you go. Oh, get those. Okay. Tighten those two down. There we go. Um, but Mike Bell used this microphone yes, before. Yeah, I mean, you yeah. Know, I so know. you know it's got performance. Maybe issues. it's been sabotaged. Right. No, no, he would. But you, even like a movie like Lethal Weapon, you don't get fun, entertaining. 
movies like that at all anymore. Like, no. there's no emphasis on putting movies like that in theaters now. It's if it's not Marvel, I don't know what you get nowadays. You know, from movies, they'll come up with the occasional just goofy story or whatever like that. And it seems like everything is either Marvel movies, everything's horror movies. He's got it. You're good, Garrett. Either either horror movies like Halloween or The Ring or, you know, those kinds of movies well, or Marvel. I also believe that movies have been dumbed down to the point where they walk you through everything that's going to take place in right. the plot. So you have actually don't have to process anything mm-hmm. or, or put together the roadmap that they've laid out for you film-wise to follow along. Because many of the older movies, some things are left unsaid. You actually have to pay attention, right. figure right. it out, realize that something before, you know, you have the... What's that when they show something early in the movie and it's like a pre, it, you know, it's supposed to set you up for later. Yeah, so, it's like the precog or so whatever. So you have to you have to actually do some thinking through a movie. Now everything is completely laid out. Yes. In front of you. Yes. I, the, and there's so many movies that you can't make now. Like you could make Godfather now. You you couldn't. Could you the, make Blazing Saddles now? No, absolutely not. You you couldn't make. People you, would lose their minds. You you couldn't even touch most of the stuff that Mel Brooks. I mean, and not just Blazing Saddles, but a lot of his movies. I mean, the Dr. Frankensteins and all that. I mean, you couldn't do a lot of those movies now because our culture just would not allow a lot of that kind of stuff. I mean, think about think about a lot of your favorite movies. Like, for instance, I, I'm the one movie I'm surprised they haven't tried to remake, but it would be really hard, is Dirty Harry. I've, I've always, That's one of my favorite movies of all time. But you can't have you couldn't make a cop that's rogue like that in today's world, right? I'll tell you another one that's one of my five favorite movies of all time that you still couldn't make today. Saturday Night Fever. Why couldn't you make that today? You ever heard you, you go back and watch that movie uncut in the language that they use, not just swearing, the ethnicity slurs and all of right. that. I mean, they right. use the N-word. They they use a lot of ethnic slurs. They're New York kids. They use a it's a and again, it's basically gang rape, right? right. I mean, that's uh, you. You can't do those kinds of themes now. I mean, you, and they and they didn't hide it. Like she's in the back seat, wanting to get it all on and crying and all. That. You can't do that kind of stuff in today's world. You can't get away with all that stuff. And I'm not telling you that's what that's not what makes the movie for me personally. It's not what makes the movie great. It's just to me that's a time capsule of this is my favorite era of music of all time. So. When I watch that movie, it brings me back to that. But the themes and the language and all that, you can't get away with that kind of stuff now. No, it would be cringeworthy. I remember uh, yes. uh, Gran Torino seeing mm-hmm. that. And, and and when you saw that and some of the things that Eastwood does in that movie, it kind of, right? We, yeah. we were trained to be more uncomfortable yes. Yes. in those situations. But here's this old guy living in Detroit, and he's from another era, so he's using those slurs and yes. language, and he's you know so. But it 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 shows you how far we've come, because it made you go, whoa, he squirmed a little bit. Well, that was the point, wasn't it? Though, yeah. I mean, I mean that the whole idea. I mean, when you watch Dirty Harry, like even watch it today, like there's a lot of there's a lot of like here's a guy with a 44 Magnum just. Blowing people away. Like, there's not really much of a discussion. It's shoot first, and I'll ask questions later. Well, I mean, in our society, that doesn't play very well today. I mean, that's when a guy when a guy walks up and puts a 44 Magnum in your face and says, do you feel lucky? Like, that, like we cheered it back then. But for a lot of people today, that would be like, oh, my God, you know, you can't do something like that. Or And listen, 
the first Dirty Harry movie, remember when he's got that partner that's that's the Hispanic guy. He goes in that room, you know, and they talk about, oh, Harry hates this and he hates it. And they use every ethnic slur that you could come up with. Like, you can't do that stuff now. Back then, it was, I'm not telling you it's better or worse or whatever, but it's just, it was different. And there was an idea of making you squirm around in your seat back then. Everything was just a little edgier yes. back then. Mm-hmm. And I think particularly coming out of this and again, it's going to sound like we're doing film uh, cinema radio mm-hmm. here, but I think coming out of the 60s when they started to just take the handcuffs off, you could sure. do whatever you really needed to right. do. Right. And then you see not only Godfather, you see Serpico and some of these movies yep. that come out that really just now we're, we're going there. Yes. You know, where we never could go there before. My favorite Al Pacino movie is actually And Just, <laughs> and, it, and it's, I, I love that movie. Like, I, I love that movie. Jeffrey Tambor is fantastic, but. You can't even touch, you know, mental health issues and things like that in I, today's Serp- world. Serpico is, a, is really great. A, yes. an amazingly gritty yes. movie. It is. Though, it is. Movie. And, and, you know, it's, it's even sort of toned down a little bit from what, the, from what his book and story is of everything. Like, what really happened with him getting shot in the face and all that, like, that did happen. But the movie tones it down a little bit from what the actual story was. Godfather's the same what way. What about Cruising? Oh, uh, did you see that Pacino movie? He goes undercover. There's murders I don't remember in that New one. York, gay community, and it's like really, yeah. There's a, there's a lot going on. Yeah, with I, I'm not it's sure just, you could. And and a lot of that wasn't necessarily done in a bombastic or or a way of trying to like demean certain things. It was the story. Like it was just it was it's part of the story. It's the storyline. Yeah, right. I mean, and unfortunately, you know, people talk like that, right? I mean, they used. They used a lot of ethnic slurs and different things like that. Now, I mean, you know, obviously you're not going to get away with that kind of stuff. You can't, I mean, unless you have a specific movie that drives that language for whatever reason, you're not going to get away with all that. And a lot of those, like I said, Saturday Night Fever, the, the way those guys, the way those New York 20-year-olds talk, like it's, you know, N-word yeah. here, this here. I mean, it's 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 crass. I, I, I'm really looking for a movie with just... Great writing, mm-hmm. uh, a great storyline. No dinosaurs or people blowing up or right. superheroes. Right, you know, because I'm, I'm. That's just not well, in my wheelhouse. What? I think the, the last really good movie that I enjoyed watching was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, now, fantastic! I I, I yes. loved loved that movie because it reminds me of being when I was ten or so. That's exactly what the world looked and sounded like right. to me. Right. Just everything in that right, movie, right? Was it was like almost wow? It was like going back to my childhood to watch. That's how that's how authentic it was. And Tarantino checked every box there. Not only that, but the, yeah, obviously the acting's fantastic. But too. It, it there's there's a reason why I believe that Top Gun did so well this year because it it it, it hit on nostalgia. It's not superheroes. It's not dinosaurs. You know, yes, it's a sequel. That, by the way, was like made during the pandemic. It, it was. It took two years to do it, but that movie, you you felt good as. I mean, I know this is going to sound corny. You felt good as an American, right? I mean, there was national pride. It's Tom Cruise. It's a big Hollywood star. It's a lot of fun. It's got action, right? I mean, it touched a nerve that people are looking for. Like you think about, you talk about checking boxes. People are looking for that escape. And that movie was perfect for it. And there's a reason why it. There's a reason why it outdid the Avengers and all that kind of stuff. And it didn't have to have, you know, 
whatever. And, and as superheroes and everything. And, and having mentioned that, is Cruz today's greatest American actor? Or would you, I mean, well, he is. He's box office money. That's, his his I catalog. Mean, come, his catalog yes. of movies. Yes, tremendous. I mean, yeah. I guess you could maybe DiCaprio or something, but I think Cruz is more of a blockbuster. Mainstream. Yeah, he's a he's a mainstream. Like there are thespians and there are movie stars. Burt Reynolds was a movie star. Right. Okay. Tom Cruise is a movie star. George Clooney's a movie star. Uh, he's not so much. A, I don't think uh, of him as much. Like Daniel Day Lewis is a thespian. Okay, and, and he like he may like women. I don't know, but I mean, is <laughs> DiCaprio's a thespian too? He tries to be a thespian and all that. A thespian? Yeah, yeah. Like I mean, you can actor. like women. I mean, that's fine. Actor. Yeah, but I mean, but, like that. See, I'm hearing it. I'm hearing a thespian. Yes, yes. But, it, but it's thespian, right? Well, whatever it is. Okay. Yeah, thespian. I'm hearing it. Yeah, whatever it is. Okay. Yeah, we know what it is. All right. Yeah, it's people that like women, right? I mean, oh, anyway. All right. When, <laughs> see, I got to, you know, cringe. We got to cringe a little. We got to get to that edge and cringe a little bit. All right, listen, we got a packed show. Uh, we're going to talk to Eric Bischoff coming up at 740. He's got a new book coming out. Bill Bender at 820. Falcons Flyer top of the hour. Coming up next, though, yes, their quarterback is a problem, but then again, so is every quarterback in offense that we play. We'll talk about that next. John Chuckery in the Key Studios. Vince Cellini hanging out with me. Sports Radio, 92 of the Game, the Odyssey.com app. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. Back out of the John Chuckery Show. Vince Cellini sitting in with me. I am. I am. Hanging out here in the Kia Studios on this Tuesday evening. By the way, the uh, college football playoff poll doesn't take place until about, I think they said about 9.15. And literally, I know Reese Davis said that they were, he said this will take about six minutes because they got to do it in between games tonight. 
So Duke and Kansas, I think, is the early game, and then I don't even know who the late game is, but but they're squeezing in, you know, they get to this time of the year, squeezing in the college football playoff show. So we won't have the poll for a little bit. I don't expect Vince, honestly. I don't think – the only change, if possible, might be TCU jumps to three and Michigan goes down to four. Outside of that, I don't think there's much No, I think it's the top, top five stays the same. Yeah, yeah. Tennessee in, will be in, fifth. Intact. Yeah. yeah. Now, let me ask you a quick question before we get into some Falcons talk. I've been asking everybody this question. More likely to happen, two Big Ten teams in the playoff, two SEC teams in the playoff. Two SEC teams in the playoff. Okay. Um, but that is if Tennessee holds steady. Right. I I, I, I think nationally, I think the Big Ten's a tougher sell for the national media and the voters for whatever reason. It's a shame, too, because really Ohio State and Michigan, what, Michigan's, were they 9-0, 10-0 right yeah, now? Yeah, 10-0. 10-0. Yeah. And they haven't been there in, in many years. So we'll see what happens after Thanksgiving with those two teams. I think if Michigan goes in the big house, or they go yeah. to Columbus, and I think if they lose a close game, I still think that, I still think they have a shot. If, if they play Ohio State tough on the road, don't you know? Because again, Tennessee lost by two touchdowns to Georgia. And that game could have been worse. They lose a really close game. I think they could find themselves in a playoff spot because I think Georgia is going to be twelve and zero, and it ain't going to matter if they win or lose the SEC title game. Well, they're in. You what if what if they lose to LSU? Ah, uh, they're in. Yeah. The, the difference will be LSU will get a playoff bid, and Georgia will be three or four. I, Georgia twelve and zero going into the SEC title so game. So then you have the Big Ten. No matter cha- what. You have the Big Ten champion. Yep. Georgia. And who says TCU is going to run the table? Well, they should. They should, but again, it's – do you know the Big 12 doesn't have a team in the top 10 in passing offense this year? They don't have a top 10 passing offense team. Georgia throws for more yards per game than any Big 12 school does this year. How about that stat? You think about the the Big 12 and it's all just hucking around and no defense – they're actually much more of a run, play defense conference this year. I could see. I mean, listen, you never know what a TCU is going to do, right? I mean, they've been outstanding. Their quarterback. But if I had to press you for a Final Four right now, today, I would say I would say it's going to be Georgia, Ohio State, TCU, Tennessee. That's what I think. So the, that's Michigan's think. the odd team out. Yes, they won't survive. I I I, I personally, I think Ohio State's going to run them. Really? Oh yeah. I know how good Blake Corum is. Listen, Michigan goes in there and Blake Corum goes off. Blake Corum's going to win the Heisman. <laughs> uh, he runs for 200 yards against Ohio State. He's going to win the Heisman. He's going to take it from Stroud. I'm telling you right now. Like, he's the hot guy in the Heisman. It's Stroud, maybe Hooker, but Blake Corum is the guy who is sitting there on the outside. He's not even going to lead the Big Ten in rushing, is Corum. Well, he might now because Chase Brown may or may not play. He's hurt for Illinois. But Blake Corum goes for 200 or something against – Ohio State, he'll win the Heisman. You heard it here first. So you think, but again, you think Ohio State beats Michigan or Michigan beats Ohio State? No, I think Ohio State's going to run Michigan at the end of the day. I'm just saying if Blake Corm, if if Michigan wins and Blake Corm has a big day, I think he could take the Heisman away from C.J. Stroud. I think that's how close it is right now. I'm not sure Stroud's the best player in college football right now. His stats are really good. Right. But we talked about this. Day is sort of a quarterback whisperer. Is he? And he has these, well... I mean, in college, at the college level, you 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 want a you want a hot take? 
Okay. I, I, I've said this. He, I've said I mean, this. And, and he has an unbelievable set of receivers. That's a receiver destination right now, yes. Columbus. I, I, I've said this for the last few weeks on our college, and Garrett is our producer for a college football show. He can confirm this. The executive producer, excuse me, yes. The number one reason why Ohio State will not win the national title is because of Ryan Day. His play calling is baffling. There, you, you've heard that term like sometimes you have too many players. Right. He doesn't know how to – when he needs to throw it, he runs it. When he needs to run it, he throws it. Like they, they, they had Penn State. Every time they spread Penn State out, they, big chunks. What's he start doing? Bubble screens, running it up the middle. Like all the things that they couldn't do, he kept staying with that. When he spread them all, they then a couple weeks, uh, a couple weeks ago, Northwestern run the football. It's fifty mile an yeah. hour winds. It was obviously couldn't throw in that game. It was sideways right. rain, so you have to have an ultra. However, they've had problems keeping running backs healthy I too. Mm-hmm. Somebody's banged up. They expect Henderson back this week. They, I think he could have played if if pressed into duty. I think he could have played. But Marvin Harrison Jr is the best wide receiver in college football by tons. So not even close. I think they're going to roll Michigan. I don't think Michigan's nearly as good as the number three team in the country. I think they play real good defense. Quorum is outstanding. But they get down and they have to throw it at all, not going to happen. And going into that place, Ohio State knows the national title is in their grasp now. Like right. they know Wisconsin, Illinois. And Knowles has done a tremendous job with that defense. Absolutely. I mean, they, were, they were horrible. That's the difference this year. year. Horrible. But that's why I say Ryan Day's play calling and the way he runs, too much personnel to only Listen, I think that that's a general problem, though, sometimes with Mm -hmm. a lot of coordinators and head coaches who call plays. I think you get cute. If you're first, I always believe if you're a top team, if you're first and goal inside the, why are you, why are you emptying the backfield? Why don't you just line it up and smash it in? 2022 offense. No, but see, football's a basic game. I know that. Uh, Randy McMichael. You double at the point of attack, kick, and you you. Randy McMichael. You run. It's very simple. Randy McMichael says football's easy. Coaches make it hard. Way that, harder than that's it should what be. What it is. Now speaking of Ohio State yes. quarterbacks, this weekend Chicago Bears come to town. Justin Fields over the last couple of weeks has run for 325 yards, and I know a lot of people are talking about us. You know that they've lost three games in a row have the Chicago Bears. And they lost to Detroit last weekend. And part of it was the pick six that was thrown in that game. Here's the thing. Falcons struggle against every offense. It's nothing unique about Justin Fields. They've given up the most total yards in the league. They've given up the most passing yards in the league. I think they've given up the most passing touchdowns in the NFL. They struggle against everybody. With all due respect to Justin Fields, there's nothing unique this week that the Falcons struggle against every offense that they're going to face. That's why it's hard for me to look at them and say, okay, there's a playoff team. They just don't – I mean, forget their offensive limitations. Their defense just doesn't stop enough people. No, no, they don't. And I, and I think that that Panthers game was such a barometer for what the Falcons are, who they are at, at this point. And mm-hmm. it's disappointing when you see a team come out there and just kind of flail – and I know it's easy to point to Mariota. It's easy to point to any NFL quarterback, but we talked about this. If you move him out of the pocket and make him make plays out there, it's just it's not effective. And the two things, we talked about this last time I was here, the two things you have to do in the NFL, elementary things, are throw the ball and stop the pass. You, you, you must do those two things, and they don't do those two things very well. Garrett, look in Dylan's folder. There, is a, there should be a rap uh, set to a rap song. I talk about this all the time with Marcus Mariota. It's very simple. Short, quick routes, one read, 
throw. Short, quick routes, one read throw. If you keep him in that box, even his even his no huddle numbers, right. he's like 75% complete. If you keep him where it's not reading the field, go just pits on a quick out, one read, you look at him the whole way, throw it to him. Like he can handle that. He can make those kinds of plays. But if it's drop back, navigate the pocket, go through progressions, throw it downfield, that's not his strength. It's not not where his strength lies for this team. You talked about fields. Do do you think I mean obviously physically he's a very impressive young man yes. as a quarterback. So what is what what's the problem with this this Bears team? Is it just consistency? Is it play calling? Is it, you know, finishing drives? But he he's he's really like dazzling dazzlingly talented when you watch him. Not only the running, but his passing numbers are Marcus Mariota. Right. They're they're the same. I mean, it, it whether we like this or not, the NFL is still a in the pocket push the ball downfield league. I mean, that's all of the rules and everything are set up for quarterbacks and protecting quarterbacks and the passing game. You can't touch wide receiver. Everything is set up that you have to. It's not coincidence that the guys who've won so much over the last let's say decade or whatever the Matt Staffords, the Aaron Rodgers, the Tom Brady's, Pat Mahomes. Like, those guys can all stay in the pocket. Yeah, Mahomes can run, but where does Mahomes do his damage? You know, stay in the pocket and push the football downfield. He extends plays, Right. Too. I mean, Travis Kelsey catches four balls for 25 yards and three touchdowns. Like, what are you going to do about that? Like, if that happens, you're not going to beat an offense that runs like that, right? I mean – it, it, that's where the NFL game is. It's great to talk about quarterbacks that run all over the field. I get that. But look at Justin Fields, 325 yards the last two weeks. They're, they're on a three-game losing streak, and they just lost to the Detroit Lions. Like, okay, at some point there has to be other things. I'm not blaming this on Justin Fields, but don't you feel like in the NFL there is something to winning? Like, if you have a quarterback who wins games, stats are – look. Brian Seip had that amazing year in 1980, right? AP Offensive Player of the Year, MVP, and all this kind sold, of stuff. He sold his soul yeah. for that year. Right. I'm convinced. <laughs> right, yeah, because, I mean, you know, again, they had that miracle year. Your quarterback has that kind of year in the NFL. Go look. Matt Ryan's MVP year, Super Bowl. Cam Newton's MVP year, Super Bowl. Rich Gannon's MVP year, Super Bowl. Kurt Warner's MVP year, Super Bowl. Like, when you have your quarterback that does everything, you either end up go. I, I did. I did a thing. Start from 1979 when Bradshaw won the MVP. Go to modern day. Look at when quarterbacks win the MVP of the league, where their team ends up. It's always conference championship game, Super Bowl appearance, win the Super Bowl. Okay, there is something about that if you have a guy who can go out and win games, you transform your franchise. If you have a guy who just, yeah, he's a great fantasy player, but it doesn't So you're saying empty stats, empty stats versus – Productivity and leadership. I think leadership is another aspect Agreed. of it that's Agreed. severely underrated at the quarterback position. You know, believing that your guy can get that done. So there's a disconnect going on with Chicago, but also here, it's just a shame. You know, the the Falcons. I, I worked with Ron Meyer, and Ron Meyer always talks about here and here we are in November, and he said, you know, sometimes it's not the November games that get you; it's the September games right. that haunt you. Right. Later in the season, when you look back and say, well, this is where we, we fell off. Vince, every quarterback in the league puts up big numbers in something. Yeah. But 
what do you what are you based on? Like what gets you in the Hall of Fame? Your stats or what you did winning Super Bowls and all this and any other? Why, why are we talking about Matt Stafford going to the Hall of Fame? Hell, everybody's got the same numbers that Matt Stafford does, but he finally won a Super Bowl. Why are we talking about Matt Ryan not getting it? He's got 60,000 yards and 300 touchdowns. Why are they talking about him not getting in? Because he didn't win the Super Bowl. It's like in professional golf, you have to win a major championship right. to be considered mm-hmm. on that next level or more major champ- one or more right. major championships. Otherwise, you're not, you're not there. No, no. You're, you're a guy maybe who won, won money and some tournaments. But if you're not a major champion, it's not You're not looked at as one of the all-timers. No. All right, when we get back, Eric Bischoff going to join us. He has a new book coming out. We're going to talk to the former head of WCW. Chuck, we're hanging out in the Key Studios. Vince Cellini is with me. Sports Radio, 92 on the game, the Odyssey.com app. Short, quick route, one read, throw. Okay. Short, yeah. quick route, yeah. one read, yeah. throw. Yeah. Short, quick route, one read, throw. There it is. Short, quick route. One read, yeah. throw. Okay. Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. It is John Chuck Show live in the Kia Studios. Vince Cellini hanging out with me. Man, you hear the music. I mean, listen, one of my favorite guys that we get a chance to talk to here. I think the last time we talked to him was right as he was getting ready to go into the WWE Hall of Fame. Let's head out to the WadeFord.com hotline, Atlanta's Ford dealer. The man, the myth, the legend, Eric Bischoff is joining us. You can follow him on Twitter at eBischoff. And Eric has a new book. That is out. Grateful is out currently. It's the follow-up to his first book, Controversy Creates Cash. You can head to Amazon.com backslash grateful. Check it out. You can order the book there. And Eric joins us on the waitfor.com hotline. Eric, as always, man, we appreciate it. Thanks so much for a few minutes uh, in Atlanta. As uh, This has got to be pretty cool, man. The the follow-up book in, in part two of the Eric Bischoff story. Yeah, but first of all, thank you very much for, for having me on. And it, it is kind of cool. And by the way, I was just down in Atlanta. I was down in Dublin, Georgia for the weekend. Uh, had a great time down there at a small little wrestling event, but it was a blast. Great people. But, yeah, it's pretty cool. I never thought there'd be another book, but here we are. How You know, I know Guy Evans obviously was, was a big part of this, and I've actually had Guy on the show to talk about the Nitro book that he did, and that was off of your recommendation. Great book. When Guy approaches you about doing this book, did you feel like that you had finished up what you wanted to say in the controversy creates cash? Or did you feel like that there was still a lot of story that you needed to get out and give your side of? No, I I didn't feel compelled to finish my story, so to speak. And to be really honest, I, I didn't really think I had another book in me. But Guy Evans, you know, he listens to my podcast, and I think Guy was um, Guy noticed that I talked a lot about, you know, what I've learned in life in general, and how I've become much more grateful for the opportunities that I that I had, especially over the last five or six, seven years, is when the light light bulb really went off in my head. And I think when Guy heard me talk a lot about being grateful on my podcast, despite you know sometimes not so fortunate circumstances. It, you know, a guy called me and said, look, I, I, I really like what you have to say, and I think we could cover your time in wrestling 
beginning in about 2006, where controversy creates cash left off, cover your time in wrestling up until the current day, but really kind of get into the lessons in life that you learned along the way. And when guys said it like that, it, it made me realize that there was probably something worthwhile there. And Eric's podcast, of course, 83 Weeks. It comes out every Monday morning. You can check it out on all of your favorite podcast platforms as Eric joins us on the waitfor.com hotline. Hey, Eric, good to talk to you. Um, you know, you've been at it a long time. What what has been really the most difficult thing to maybe navigate through regarding the business and maybe something that people don't understand about the wrestling business from an outsider view looking in? Just uh, how the, the many machinations of it and the many, you know, how many moving parts there actually are. Well, you hit it right on the head, brother. The, the wrestling industry is such a complex industry um, that people who have not been in the, the professional wrestling business can't really begin to understand it. You know, you, people watch it on television and they think, oh, okay, it's a big television production and, you know, people wrestle and you sell tickets and you have fun. But there's so much more involved in that. And, and it is a really sophisticated business despite what it appears to be, you know, to, on the surface, it is a very, very complex business. And th- that's one thing. Um, the other is just how fast the entertainment business changes. You know, professional wrestling, like any other form of entertainment, is a reflection of our culture. And especially over the last 10 or 15 years, our culture has changed so much that in order to be competitive, yet stay within safe lanes, so to speak, you really have to evolve with the culture. Um, and it's, it's, it can be tricky because the things you want to do, you know, for great storytelling, for example, there were a lot of things that we did, I did, you know, back in the 90s and WWE did in the 90s and even into the early 2000s that you just couldn't pull off anymore. I mean, you get Me too canceled to death. <laughs> but, you know, you have to change with, with the culture and with society and, and still, you know, Deliver an audience. It, it can be really tricky. Eric's new book, Grateful, is available at Amazon.com. Head over there today, Amazon.com backslash Grateful. Check it out. You can purchase it there. As he joins us on the WaitFor.com hotline. By the way, uh, I think the last time we talked to you, I think you had just recently had your grandchild. And when I see your pictures on Twitter, doesn't look like you're having a lot of fun or anything, Eric, being a grandparent right now. It's such a cool thing. You know, I'll, I'll tell you a quick story. When, you know, when... My my son Garrett, when his wife was starting to talk about having a, a, a baby, and I realized I was going to be a grandchild. First of all, I had a real hard time wrapping my head around being called grandpa, and that's just my ego because I do have one. It's, it's still there. And, I, you know, I wrapped my head around that a little bit. But deep down inside, I was kind of saying to myself, man, I, I hope that I feel the way everybody tells me I'm going to feel, you know, because I've been for years – People would say, oh, do you have any grandkids yet? No, I don't have any grandkids yet. Oh, when you do, it's going to be, you're going to be amazed. It's going to be so special. And I I was just hoping that that was going to be true. And, man, the first time my wife and I laid eyes on on Waylon, which is our grandchild, it it hit me like a a freight train. It's like, okay, this is what everybody (laughs) is talking about. I feel it. It's it's magic. It really is. Eric, as far as wrestlers go or trying to groom somebody to superstardom, would you rather have to coach somebody up in the technical aspect of wrestling or actually the personality part, the promo part, which I would think is innate in some way? Well, 
I mean, my skill sets, my experience is really in directing talent, developing talent, you know, on the mic and, and in the non-technical aspects of wrestling. I didn't come up as a professional wrestler, so it's hard for me to, you know, try to groom somebody in that respect or relate to it. Um, I find other people that can do that, that are much better at it than I would ever be. But when it comes to teaching people how to be a character or how to interpret a promo, so when they get a script, instead of just reading it word for word, you know, how do you make it yours? How do you, how, how do you make sure it's your personality and your character in those words that were written by somebody other than you? And that's, a, that's an art. I mean, it's, it's no different than actors and actresses. It's a performance, do the yeah, same absolutely. Thing. And, and I, I, I lean into that a lot because I enjoy it, and that's what I can relate to. Grateful is the new book by Eric Bischoff. You can get it at Amazon.com backslash grateful. He's joining us here on the waitfor.com hotline. You know, Eric, it's uh, Randy Macho Man Savage's birthday uh, today, and obviously it was a big deal when you brought him over to WCW. What's your best Randy Savage story that you can actually tell on terrestrial radio? <laughs> well, the truth is, um, I, I whenever I think of Randy, of course, I think of how intense he was, because he was. I mean, he was sometimes a handful because he was so intense, but I always appreciated that about him. I mean, it wasn't a problem for me. It was just sometimes a challenge, if that makes sense. But the one memory that I have, like when I saw, you know, on social media, everybody was celebrating Randy's birthday today. I thought back to the way Randy Savage treated my kids when they were really little. You know, when Garrett was 12 or 14 years old and my daughter was, you know, 10 or 11 years old. Randy was just so good with my kids. And not because they were my kids. He was just good with kids. And I, I caught him once. I say I caught him. I mean, I walked in a room once and he didn't even know I was in the vicinity and he was in there just talking to my son Garrett. And I just, I stood there for a minute, just listening to that conversation. And he treated my son with so much respect. He, he talked to my son like an adult. He didn't talk to him like a boss's kid, if that makes sense. And I, I it just left a really strong impression on me. It, it indicated to me what a good person Randy was. Eric, you may not remember this, but I had a show on CNN sports in the mid nineties calling all sports. And it was right. Uh, I guess in the coming through the whole steroid scandal issue, and it's a 1 a.m. show on CNN, and you came in with Hogan, and I knew you were coming in, but Hogan came in in full yellow-red regalia that night and did the show and did it so everything was just so businesslike and respectful. But I, I remember getting ready to go on, and I, I looked at, at Hulk, and I said, so should I call you? Terry or Hulk? And he's like, yeah, brother, if you want to tell the kids there's no Santa Claus, you can call me Terry. But <laughs> but you guys you guys were both so good. And, and you were working through a situation that was – it had to be devastating at the time, was it not? You know, I, well, it wasn't for me because I wasn't involved in that scandal. But, I, you know, I had to navigate it. You know, when we brought Hulk Hogan in, it was on the tail end of the WWE Hulk Hogan scandal, uh, steroid scandal. And, it, look, Hulk was a big part of that. Um, and it, it was challenging it, we knew it was going to be a little risky, but, you know, Ted Turner was so supportive and so was everybody at Turner and we knew we had to deal with it head on. And, 
uh, Hulk was, uh, he was a rock, you know, he, no pun intended. He, he really, he faced it and dealt with it. And before you knew it, it was no longer an issue. Mm-hmm. I think the fear of it was probably, or the concern of it was probably much greater than the reality. Eric, last thing for you, you know, you and I've kind of talked a little bit about this before, but boy, when, when you watch the shows, like you realize that there are just so few needle moving stars in the business today. I mean, Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns, they are at the absolute tippy top, but you like watching raw, like with all due respect is like, you know, like fighting, you know, a a hand fight, you know, with, with somebody in an alleyway. I mean, it's just, it's so hard to get through three hours and whether it's AEW, raw SmackDown, there's so few of those guys. Why is the industry having so much trouble getting guys to that level? Get, I mean, I think in a lot of ways you got women that are the Becky Lynch's, I think, are bigger stars than most of the men. Why is the industry having so much trouble getting people to that level? I think it's because of the sheer volume. In in many respects, I think the industry as a whole and WWE in, WWE in particular has become a victim of their own enormous success. By that, I mean, you know, you look at the value in the television rights for both Raw and SmackDown now. I mean, it's, it's astronomical. And the WWE and AEW over on Turner, uh, they have to serve that master. They have to produce so much content to attract the kind of licensing fees that they are that you're, instead of looking at a, a a, a one-hour show, which, you know, wrestling used to be typically one hour, right? And it moved to two hours and it moved to three hours, at least in Raw's case. Uh, and Nitro did it too. We were the first ones to go three hours. But we had to do that to kind of justify the expense and, 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 and the cost of it. Um, there was an efficiency there. And I think the sheer volume of content that's out there now, the treadmill that the talent is on, the producers are on. It's just almost oversaturated. It's hard to make anything feel special when there's so much of it. And, you know, you mentioned it's hard to watch, you know, three hours of Raw, and I agree with you. I can't do it. I've just, <laughs> I've, I've tried. It's impossible. Um, but, you know, my favorite show right now, like the rest of the country, is Yellowstone. I couldn't watch three hours of that every week either. And I love that show. And if that show was three hours every week, I'd be sick of that show within a, a couple of weeks or a month. It's too much. It's not special. And I think that's part of the issue right now. And it's funny because people will say, oh, it's because you know, people get their entertainment different ways and everybody's watching stuff on their phone, blah, 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 blah. I think those are all excuses, by the way. They're convenient excuses. I used to hear the same thing back in the early mid-90s when executives at Trinidad Broadcasting were convinced that wrestling was dead, it's not coming back, it's never going to be as popular as it was in the 80s, there's too many other great things on cable television, there's this thing called American Gladiators, blah, 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 blah. And the truth was, you just have to come up with something good, and they will come. They will, you will get that audience back. But in the case of Raw and even AEW now, man, it's, it's hard to keep them entertained for two, and especially three hours. It's almost impossible. Well, if you're looking for some good entertainment, Eric's new book is Grateful. It's the follow-up to Controversy Creates Cash. You can head to Amazon.com backslash grateful. You can purchase the book there. Eric, of course, is on Twitter at ebischoff. And check out his podcast, 
83 weeks every Monday on all of your favorite podcast platforms. And Eric, join us on the waitfor.com hotline. Eric, my man, always love having you on. Always appreciate the good conversation with you. Continued success. Um, congratulations on the book. Congratulations on your grandchild. And we thank you so much for being a part of the show. You guys are the best. Thank you very much for the invite. I'm very grateful. No pun intended. <laughs> thank you so much. Eric. Thanks, Eric. When we get back from the top of the hour, Falcons fly over. Sports Radio, 929 The Game, Odyssey.com app. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.